Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. You could say the two sides of creativity are influence on the one hand and originality on the other, though they do go hand in hand. It may be particularly true in the case of Frédéric Chopin. Chopin was hugely popular in his own time, the first half of the 1800s, and is still a favorite. In fact, it seems there is never any moment on this earth that his music isn't being studied, practiced, performed, recorded. This recording is by the 22-year-old pianist Jan Lezetsky. More from him later. I mention influence because one thing about Chopin is how freely and transparently he took from other music. Once you start listening for it, you can hear how connected he was to the world of culture, and politics for that matter. He was born in Poland and was a fervent Polish nationalist. The American composer Ned Roram is particularly good on the subject of what influences artists, though Roram suggests influence is too tepid a word for it. He says it's simple thievery. You write in the style of what came before you, and you either go against it or you go with it. I know pretty much where I stole everything I've written. Roram likes to quote a famous French poet on this. Rambeau once said, all art is a question of clever theft. If you're aware of what you're stealing, you do your best to cover your traces. And the act of covering your traces is the creative act. Our man Chopin was brilliant and inventive at this. He simply took from everything that he admired and turned it into Chopin. And the gentleman had a pretty high level of musical taste, says pianist Garrick Olson. He took only from the best. You know, the two great masters of the past he revered above all others were Mozart and Bach. He was really a classicist at heart. Olsen, a major Chopin pianist and thinker, has had a lifelong connection to the composer. He happened to be revolutionary romantic in harmony and in his temperament. He was a wild child, but he was very carefully schooled and believed in the, the, the bone structure of classicism. It was a spectacular combination. A temperamental romantic who admired Mozart and Bach. So how did Chopin tap into that so-called classical bone structure? In the E minor prelude, one of the most famous of all, you have... which then moves... with a kind of sinking, mournful harmony. Then Chopin puts a melody on top of that. If you just play it straight... And when you put them together, it does sound very romantic and mournful. Let me just play you a few bars of it. And it brings to mind a piece by one of Chopin's favorites, Bach. It's not an imitation, but you can sure feel the spirit and the influence. Another big influence on Chopin was the voice. He is said to have gone to the opera every night when he was in Paris. 
More than an opera lover, say Chopin experts, he was a genuine opera fan. Knowing about his daily diet of vocal music of the time, it's hard to miss the style he absorbed from that. You can hear how these melodies, floating over an accompaniment, became part of his musical language. An aria by Donizetti. Takes us right to a nocturne in F by Chopin. And that takes us back to a famous aria by Bellini. Scholars seem to have put together enough facts to be satisfied that Chopin did hear these arias while cooking up his nocturnes. I believe it. And there was dance music, waltzes from Vienna, for example, and Polish dance forms, which he used to represent his ties to his native Poland, hence the political connection. His nationalist passion is well known, and his polonaises and mazurkas proclaim that feeling. I had an affinity for his music from the start. Back to the young pianist Jan Lizietzky. Chopin is already a huge factor in his growing career. Of course, there's a lot of influence in Chopin, but, but it's amazing to hear how at the same time he created his completely individual style of writing. His music is unique only to him. A case in point. The variations by Chopin on a theme by one of his heroes, Mozart. These inevitably bring up that well-worn but charming Chopin story, the one about the composer Robert Schumann having heard this piece in concert. Hats off, gentlemen, a genius, Schumann said. Exclamation point, always included. That's at the heart of the Chopin paradox. As influenced by others as he may have been, there's still nothing like this music. It is unique. Jan Lizetsky, looking at it from a performer's perspective, might be right about the reason, Chopin's character. A very humble person, obviously. He never had the need to put himself in front of his music. The music has its own life, has its own intelligence, and I don't think it can be really compared with anything else. The filmmaker Jean-Luc Godard, ever quotable, said, it's not where you take things from, it's where you take them to. Mr. Chopin, highly susceptible to influence, or possibly guilty of out-and-out theft, managed, nonetheless, to become, and remains to this day, a complete one-off. It's Fishko Files. I'm Sarah Fishko. <laughs>